Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Daddy Issues Podcast with Jay Glazer. Is that how we want to start? <laughs> how about this? Welcome to the most fucked up technological nightmare podcast in the history of podcasts. This has been uh, unbelievable getting on. Jay, this is the first time that the guest has actually joined the call before the hosts, which is kind of a new twist on things. Jay, uh, first of all, thanks for your time today. And yeah, my bro. God... You you got to be uh, you got to be spinning. We're doing this on Wednesday. The season, the football season, starts tomorrow night, and then we're off and rolling. Uh, are are you just going a hundred directions right now? Yeah, I'm getting pulled in a million directions, but I love it. It's great, man. It's you know we're. I think football for us in sports, it's the escapism that we need. And like right now, you know, Joe, we just did a show the other day, just to get me and Howie and Terry and, and Kirk back together, <coughs> and Jimmy on uh, on video. But it was almost like we needed this dry run of a show to remind us that we're allowed to have fun again. You know, it's kind of weird you went in there and it's almost like there's so much going on in this country. Is it okay to laugh? And I think it's going to be on us to remind the world that, yeah, it's okay to laugh. I mean, there's some other bad stuff that's going on, no doubt about it, right? And there's stuff that needs to be changed in this country, but it's still the same right. It's okay to still laugh. And I think that's what our job is going to be. Our job this weekend is going to be it. Are you in studio? You guys are all in studio? We're in studio. Joe will be in uh, on the road with uh, Troy and Aaron. Yeah, well, look at uh, you know I've been watching the NBA playoffs. Go Lakers! But you look at you look at inside NBA. You know those dudes are having a, a great old time. You know? And that's what we need to do. Same exact yeah. thing. But it, but my point is, so they've been there for a few weeks. This is our first time together, and it was almost like, uh, all right, are we are we allowed to do? Are we allowed to have fun? Are we allowed to laugh? And we mm-hmm. have to remind each other that we are. Your group is so close, Jay. Uh, I mean, and, and that's not always the case. I don't, I don't know that if people know that. I think somehow they feel it through their television when a group of highly compensated, big ego people get together on TV. I think it kind of seeps through if you don't get along. But I've I've been around you guys enough to know that it's genuine and and probably trying to stay socially distanced for the you know the five of you is is not easy. Well, you know there's there's uh, six of us on the show, and between the six of us, there's about eighteen personalities. And Bradshaw and I have like thirteen of those. <laughs> <laughs> and look, but we but you said we like we love each other. We are godfathers of our, our kids best man at each other's weddings. And there's been a lot of freaking weddings. I can tell you that. Um, yes. <laughs> <for> just <laughs> us. Um, we read it. We love each other. You know, it's interesting. Mental health wise. It's seriously like for me, for my mental health, I need teams. I need to be of service to others, but I like, I always need a team. And when I'm not around my Fox and Bell Sunday family, a couple of those months, man, I struggle. Um, and me struggling isn't good. And then when we start getting back around, so from like September to, to February, I'm in a much better place. And you wouldn't think that Terry Bradshaw would be like a Zoloft <laughs> for me, but he is. <laughs> no, but it's interesting what you say, honestly, because mental health, obviously, there's clinical, there's chemical. But, you know, we all need that outlet. We all need that thing that makes us feel sane. You know, Joe, mm-hmm. needs, yeah. the, Joe, Joe needs the New York Post. And so he's pretty easy. <laughs> 
<laughs> God, you're right. a bitter, you're a bitter fucking guy, Oliver. You're a bitter, bitter fucking man. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, and and even to take that a step further, because it it is a real point, and I'm glad you brought it up, Jay. I, w- I was talking to my therapist actually yesterday, and going through how when these moments happen in games coming up, how I'm going to address them verbally, and how deep into these real issues do we get? Because I, I do believe, and, and she backed it up uh, really in a, in a clinical way, people right now need a three-hour, a six-hour, maybe an all-day Sunday break from everything they're bombarded with on television. And it's okay to check out for a few hours and and just watch a football game, you know? No, absolutely. I think I think that's... It's going to be on us. That's what you need more than anything. Right now, look, there's there's so much hate and anger. There's no middle. Everybody's just angry at each other. There's no empathy. And, man, that's a lot on your soul. It, we need a break from that. And that's what sports is supposed to be. We're supposed to be escapism. That's it. When people get so mad at us, right, Joe? Like, oh, you hate my team. You hate my team. Give a shit about right. that. It's just, like, we, we're there for escapism. We're not that freaking important. We're escapism. That is it. And that's going to mm-hmm. be, I think it's, it's more important we do our job in this case escapism this week than we've ever done it before. Mm-hmm. Let's go back for a second, Jade. What, uh, you grew up. Where did you grow up? You know, it, it, it rhymes with Percy poor. <laughs> <laughs> you must be so proud when you flip on MTV. It. I hope claim it. You must be so proud. No, hey, the best thing is uh, real, <laughs> real sports did a thing on me years ago, right? A profile on me. And they called my high school principal and they said hey we need some old uh high school yearbook photos and wrestling photos of jay glazer and the principal said who they said jay glazer <laughs> the principal said who they said you know you have a guy who's on national tv who went to your high school and the guy said yeah we know mike sorrentino the situation had no idea <laughs> who the fuck i was but knew the situation i'm like that is fantastic oh and guess who's yeah, never getting check. money as a result yeah, let me check. Yeah, exactly. So that's the best thing. That's the best thing about me leaving college early. They don't even know I went to Indiana. They don't ask for any money. It's fantastic. Hell no, absolutely not. And then, like someone, someone had, we were talking about the story on the Dan Patrick show that somebody had called for like the the principal's niece or something. Said, "No, my dad. He, he knew he worked. No, he didn't. No, he I didn't. didn't. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. So yeah, that's how I grew up." Brothers and sisters. I got a brother, older brother. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And what was like, since the show is called daddy issues, your relationship Uh with your dad growing up. Um, My relationship with my dad was an interesting relationship. I did learn a lot from him. I learned, look, and Joe will tell you what I, the way I've gotten in my career. um, I certainly wasn't born on third base and and thought I hit a triple. I have grinded and grinded and grinded and grinded and grinded and you know, when I first walked in the giant locker room in 93 covering the Giants, I was like, well, I can't beat these reporters at their own game. I'm like, man, these are all award-winning journalists and reporters, and, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to, to beat them at the game, so how could I be different? You know, and how could I how could I outwork them? How could I be different? So my dad always taught me, if you're loyal and you outwork the world, then your dreams will come true. And that has been my – that has been my – my, my credo all the way through and I'm the most loyal son of a bitch in sports. And Joe will tell you that. And I'm proud of that. And, you know, I don't go after the scoops per se. I go more for the relationships and the scoops will happen. And, and you know, the contacts happen and that's how you always, you know, stay at the top of the game. That's really what I got from my dad. My dad was always working hard. And I, you know, I started covering those giants and guys were working from nine to five. I was going to work from six o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. I wasn't going to out working by little, I was going to outwork him by a lot. And that's what did I got. Your, did your dad have that same work ethic? Um, he worked. Yeah, he worked his ass off. And so did my yeah. mom. Yeah. yeah. So they both worked really, really, really hard. And so I got that. But it's the loyalty part of it also. Is It's going to sound a little crazy. It's like, again, I need teams. So I say, so I have a fight team. And like for me, inside a cage, I feel comfortable um, getting my head beaten by Randy Gator and Chuck Liddell and um, – that's, I always felt like a dumb kid growing up. So I felt like these for me were what made me valuable. So I feel good in there. So I need these teams um, that kind of helps me through my mental health. The NFL has helped me through 
with my mental health, feeling like I have these teams because there's loyalty that I have, that I have these bonds and relationships. And it's my 28th year inside the NFL. So these are people, man, um, wow. I know we're talking That's daddy issues here. My son, I adopted my son. He has 40 uncles that have taken care of him inside the NFL and world of mixed martial arts. And man, it, they become family to me. <clears throat> so yeah, it's, um, did you, did you adopt your son? Was, was he your wife's son and you, ado- you adopted him? Um, he was my wife's, he was my ex-wife's son. And I adopted him after we divorced. Oh, you did. Oh, great. Because, um, I love him. And I think sometimes in life, you just got to do the right thing. It wasn't his fault. We got divorced. Yeah, and, no, I know. Uh, I mean, I went, yeah. um, I went through something like that. You know, Kurt is my, uh, my, Kurt's my, well, Kurt's my stepdad, but right. he's my dad. He, he, he raised me, you know, um, he came into my life when I was six years old right. and we had that conversation. You know, there was one moment where there was a blow up between my real father and my mother. He was supposed to pick us up. It was a whole thing at the house. Right. And it blew up into this bad, bad situation. Kurt took us in and, and, um, basically, you know, asked us if, we wanted to be adopted, you know, he, he, he asked us and we said, no, (laughs) we said, no, we said, no, just because it didn't matter. It didn't matter to us. It didn't mean anything to us. You know what I mean? We felt his love and we knew that he was going to be there forever. And he made that pledge to us early, early on, whatever happens with me and your mother, we, I will be here for you always, you know? So we felt that, um, What's beautiful about that, Oliver, is that the same with me and my son. You all chose to love mm, each other. Mm-hmm. You chose to, right? My son and I, we chose to love each other like this. That's a mm-hmm. different bond. Yeah, exactly. Did, did you point. adopt, That's Jay? Did you would did you adopt to get rights? You know, like like to have rights yeah. uh, to see him and to make sure he wouldn't get uh, they wouldn't move or anything. Yeah, I, I'm. Very active, you know, always wanted to make sure it was 50-50. And, you know, for um, for the early stages, he was living me, with me a lot more. Um, and then, you know, kept going back and forth. I just always wanted to make sure that it was – that he'd always be protected. And we'd always be together. And uh, now he's turning 18. And, wow. my God, he is, he's still – he's the nicest human being I've ever met in my entire life. How he's old was he? Senior. How old were you when you came into his life? Or how old was he when he you was, came into his was, life? He was two – I met him when he was two – um, mom and I were married for a whopping, if you had 10 months in the divorce pool, you won. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hey, and Joe, you know who had 10 months in the divorce pool? On the freaking nose, fucking Rondé Barber, little bastard. <laughs> 10 months. He did. Right at the fucking wedding, yeah. They all put in a hundred bucks. What did he bucks. win? He went a Prius like, for they, that? Or they, they all put a hundred bucks in. Um, <laughs> oh my God. At the wedding, yeah. Rondé Barber, nope. nailed it. But at, but, but, wait, but that, at the wedding? At the wedding, yes, at the wedding. Yep. Wow. My, my friends are Jagoffs, yes. I love that. That's, that reminds me of my friends. <laughs> um, but that's a quick bond, you know what I mean? Ten months. It's like, yeah. wow, that's not a long time. It's like, I love this well, we're, little we're dude. Together. Yeah. It, you know what, man? Uh, listen, they had a really rough – they had a rough. And um, there was one night they were in the city with me. I was living in the city, and we had a babysitter for him, and she goes to leave, and he – he reaches over and kisses me on his cheek and on my cheek. And man, it was almost like this lightning bolt hit me. And it's like, I knew that like God put me in his life to take care of him. Uh, and uh, I'm a big God guy, big, big faith guy. That's my choice yeah. uh, to believe that I'm with someone, you know, more beautiful than, than me and the rest of us who were walking this walk every step of the way with me. And uh, I just really felt a strong, you were put here to, to protect him. And I, I can verify that, Oliver, because I when I first met his son, and I've known Jay, and I, I can I can also verify that his claim about being the most loyal guy in sports is true. I mean, he's just one of those guys that would whenever you call, you know, this is a perfect example, but he's squeezing this in because he's he he's my friend. And and yeah. when he when Jay was at his most crazed, chasing down leads and texting coaches and texting players and owners and all that. When his son walked in, everything stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and so there, there, there was something for you there, Jay, that for as much as he got out of this relationship, yep. which is, which is infinite, you got, you got that same yeah. calm and that same peace from him. Great point. He's the only thing that slows me down. And I'll tell you the, the day I actually legally adopted him at three fifty two that morning, I broke the end of the lockout. 
It's 3.52 a.m. And I had to go down to family court later in the day. So you imagine this oh now, right? Now, not only that, I don't know if you remember this, Joe, but and I think you and I talked about it. When they were doing the whole lockout, it was so huge that whole offseason, I didn't go to the courthouse steps once. I didn't go down. I said, hey, I'm not going to report on every jab thrown in a fight. When there's a time for a knockout, I'll be the first one with it. I was just banking on myself. I said, until then, I'm not sitting down the courthouse steps. I like Cabo and Vegas too much. So I'll see you guys in Cabo and Vegas. Right? And I, I kept kind of taunting the other reporters how they're doing it. And thank God almighty. And what I did, though, was I told both sides, listen, I'll help you guys try and work this out. But I'm not going to get used by you. I'm not going to get used by you. I will not help you sling mud. And I hope you all both appreciate that. So when it comes time, you remember that you both give me the scoop. And that was a strategy, and it worked exactly that way. 3.52 in the morning. Wow. Who were your, so, con- your two contacts on each side? Who was your go-to on the ownership side? I'm not fucking telling you on- my sources, Joe. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Craft? Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just us. So it's just yeah, nobody us. listens to this shit. That's fine. No. That's right. uh, so, so there I go. I break it at three fifty-two in the morning. Boom. I got to go on Fox and do some, I did some on the NFL network. You got to do Fox radio. You're doing all this, all going crazy. And then we go down to family court. When you get to family court, uh, they, they like block your all cell service. So I'm in family court. I, I get there like eight o'clock in the morning and, um, I don't get out to like noon or one. And I had zero cell service the entire time. <laughs> and by the time I got out, oh, my God, you can imagine the calls and the, and the requests and this and that. But, Joe, to your point, man, I, my phone had to go away for those few hours that I got to adopt my son. And that was one of the best days of my entire life, not because I had this great scoop, but because it, you know, he and I officially became one. And, and, and now he's 18. And, he and turns holy, 18 next month, yeah. holy shit, that's crazy. I mean, legally, he's out of your hands. <laughs> well, you know what's crazier? When he was home, we were doing this distance learning and shit. And, you know, he's coming over and he's like, Dad, check out my homework. And I'm looking at number two in algebra. And I'm like, I don't know, son. I think you got to recheck that one. I'm like, I don't know the fuck I'm looking at. But I'm like, I'm just guessing, you know? I don't know about number four there, man. That symbol over there, I think it's backwards. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You know, I, I when you talk about your sources, though, I, what I've always been fascinated by with your world, and, and I have it to a certain degree. I got it when I was traveling around with the St. Louis Cardinals. I would see stuff go on in hotels. I would see, I would know who was getting along on the team. I would, kn- I would know who showed up hungover. I would know, you know, and wasn't available that day out of the bullpen because they were wrecked. But you, you file that away as personal knowledge that may shape what happens in the game, but you don't come out and say, hey, uh, you know, so-and-so in the Cardinals bullpen showed up today still drunk. So I'm, I'm wondering how you boat through those waters of knowing all that you know and picking and choosing what feels right to release to the world and what just goes into your bank as information for future, you know, occurrences. I probably put out maybe 1% of what I know. And that 1%, I have to hope, is better than everybody else's 100%. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm an information broker. i got to be smart about it. You know, and again, I think, I think early on, people just went for the scoop. Well, if you go for the scoop, you have one scoop. And listen, unless it's like a monster scoop, like people remember I had Spygate, but I broke the Barrett Robbins scoop about him going down to, uh, you know, the night before the Super Bowl, down to, to, to uh, Mexico. And then the Raiders having to, you know, suspend him that day. No one remembers that was me. You know, I, I there's been a bunch, you know, I, I reported, Joe, remember that came on week one. I said, no matter what happens after this year, Jim Harbaugh will not be back as head coach of the 49ers. Nobody, right. remember, nobody remembers that's me, right? So it's short-sighted to think, man, let me throw it all away for this one scoop because everybody will it'll make such a huge difference for me. And that's where other guys, I think, get in trouble. So for me, A, I want to make sure I'm always right. So if I say something insane like Odell Beckham's getting traded or Jim Harbaugh will not be back as head coach of the Niners after this year, I want people to know they can take it to the bank, no matter what. Um, and then the other part of that also is I want to make sure, um, you know, that it's always accurate, but also it doesn't burn anybody that maybe like, 
And I reported, so here's a perfect example. I reported, uh, you know, years ago that the Patriots were trading Randy Moss back to the Vikings. It seemed insane, right? Absolutely insane. The person who gave me that scoop has been a friend of mine for 27 years. He has never given me a scoop before or after that night. He did that night, though. And that's the relationships that you build. So don't burn anybody. Again, it's just sports. You know, we're just escapism. You don't need to be National Enquirer with things. But you do report things that are going to affect the game. Yes. And then I've had to do rough stories on friends of mine who popped for, you know, I had all the Balco. And I had three or four of those guys were friends of mine. I had to call them up saying, hey, man, I'm going with this tomorrow. Uh, Will you guys test the positive for this stuff about going your face in suspensions, but you'd rather I do it because I'm on the sling mud than yeah. somebody else. That's right? rough. That's rough though. Shit. Well, shit. I didn't do it. They did it. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but still, it's still now. Are you batting a thousand? Have you ever been wrong on a scoop? No, I haven't been wrong on a scoop. I don't joke. I don't think I've been wrong. I, I have, um, no, no, I'm not because I'm willing to move. I'm willing to lose yeah. every scoop. As long as I have them, and I got a three source rule too. I have to go to three sources for each story because what happens is sometimes if you talk to two people, it's a game of telephone. Sometimes this guy got it from this guy. So that's actually one source. So I try to get three independent sources for anything mm-hmm. on the report. What about Gronk? Did you know that very early yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I, I was, a, I think I broke that or at least had him talking to me about it as it was happening yeah. and, and quoted him, but I think I had that one. What, what are you hearing from, what are you hearing from Tampa Bay? Now that Oliver said Gronk, what do you, what, what do you, now I personally think Brady's going to have, as long as he stays healthy, I, I think he's going to ha- go off, yeah, but so I mean, he's, he's never had these kind of weapons. Certainly yep. hasn't in a long time, maybe ever. Are you getting the sense even from Arians yeah. and guys down there that, that this could work? I went down there to, to their camp and to see the, the, the amount that he's coaching up other players, the Mike Evans, the OJ Howards, uh, that's going to be, makes such a huge difference. And, and then Tom, if we're talking to Bruce Aarons and Jason Light, the GM, Tom feels heard down there. He never felt heard in New England. He doesn't want to be the GM. He just wants to feel heard, whether it's the offensive game plan or suggestions for you know personnel. He didn't demand. So he didn't go in there and say, I want Antonio Brown. I, I demand. He said, hey, I'd, I want Antonio. This is why. And they said, okay, Bruce doesn't like him. It's not going to happen. He said, All right, he just, I just want to be heard. I'm not going to. You guys do what you want to do. Even like the Gronk said, but you guys think of Gronk. said, we love him. He said, I think I can get him here. Great. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like, hey, I won't sign unless you bring him in. He's, he, he's not about that. But he, he is uh, he's enjoying being heard down there. Then we talked about his arm. And Bruce was like, Jay, the arm is the liveliest I've seen it in years. So, Jesus. You know, I don't understand. Yeah. The guy's like a freak. I know. And um, – Trust me, if it wasn't, Bruce would have been like, oh, man, I got to do some work with this. And yeah. Bruce would drink another vodka soda. And then he would say, oh, I got to do a lot more work with this. And then put on a Kango hat and then take another swig of vodka soda and, <laughs> you know, and bitch about it a little bit more. <laughs> um, I, I, I really don't want the remaining time that we have to go by without us talking about how you have evolved into a place where you're helping veterans come back and assimilate back into everyday life and how you've matched that up with players and 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 it's it's been this unbelievable bridge that's not only helped those in the armed services but it's actually helped the players learn more about themselves and be more grounded and be more maybe worldly will you just talk about that mvp program and, and and what that's all about man i'm so proud of it look i think it takes a crazy person to help out like I'm good with my scars. So I'm able to help out other people with issues. Um, you know, like I suffer from severe depression, anxiety, always have my life. I'm always living in the gray. Uh, it's hard to live in the blue for me unless I am of service to somebody. So I've had to always do things. So for this man to put together, it's called MVP merging vets and players. <laughs> and the biggest problem when you leave the military, when you leave a fight team, when you leave a football team, Olympic team, it, you lose your tribe. 
I talked to you guys a lot today already about needing these teams, right, to help my mental health. All of a sudden, you're alone. You've done one thing your whole life, and all of a sudden, you're alone. It's gone. But then when they leave, the life skills they're given isn't great for the transition. So I said, let's put them together. Football players and fighters and look up to war fighters. War fighters and warriors look up to football players and, and professional athletes. Let's put them together. Let's coach them up, and let's help them through the transition. And here's a perfect example. Like, we have these football players that come in. I'm trying to get them to look at themselves not like, oh, man, I used to play in the NFL. No, dude, you play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you play in the NFL is not who you are. What's behind your rib cage that got you to beat out millions and millions of people to play in the NFL? That is who the fuck you are. And that mm-hmm. suddenly doesn't just leave when the uniform comes up. But who's reminding them of that? And then our military, they go overseas and it's be all you can be, right? You have grace under fire and courage under pressure. And they come back here, you know, home here, and they're like, oh, I'm different. And I'm like, no, dude, you're different. Mm-hmm. Different is good. Different is what leads to success. But when they're out there alone, it, it's hard to remind them that. They need to walk around here, look at everybody out there, look right here above their heads, and say, I'm not like the rest of you. And they forget what, what made them so great. It's not the uniform. It's what's behind that ribcage. So, you know, we're in five cities right now, Joe. Um, we're the most vulnerable group you'll ever see in your life. Like, no one's questioned our man and womanhood. So we open up. We cry to each other constantly. Uh, we train for like a half hour just to give that burn again. But we got amputees, Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame fighters, Marine Recon, Navy SEALs, Delta, anything and everything. Um, literally open up about childhood trauma, everything you can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. And then after, you know, after we sit around, we have – we call it our huddle. It's our fireside chat where we open up about our mental health issues and we walk this walk together. And, and what I'm most proud of – is um, we're in five chapters now, 20 as you guys probably know, which is not freaking okay. Uh, and the rest of the world is, is getting just as bad. Um, of our MVPers, I, I believe over 70% of our MVPers have attempted suicide before meeting us. Since joining MVP, our number of total suicides in all five chapters is zero. Wow. Not one. Not My freaking God. one. And that's then incredible, great. man, I am yeah. so proud. And I do well, believe I mean, it's like you're bringing, you're bringing back that sort of team mentality. I mean, yeah. it, you're, you're using, you know, what you need and what you, you know, how you've gotten through and yeah. bringing that to other people who need the same thing. I think that's extremely smart. I mean, it's amazing what you're doing, but it's, it's, it's very intellectual. It's a very smart thing to do. It's, it's so true. I mean, okay. I've suffered and we're from speaking their language. Being alone is, you know, is a scary thing. And, and uh, a lot can happen when you're alone and you don't have that group. You don't have that camaraderie. You don't have that commiseration, you know. You, and and uh, that's, an ama- that's awesome, man. Those are great statistics. What's, what's happening now also is, like you just said, right, we're alone. And I think this our group is going to help really change the world. I don't know if we're going to save the world, but we're damn sure going to improve it. And mm-hmm. what's happening, the suicide rate is people are comparing themselves right now everybody else's highlights on Instagram. That shit ain't real. And they're going, well, my life sucks. But then they see somebody else kill themselves. And mm-hmm. the power suggests, and they go, wow, everybody's crying for that person. Everybody right now is like, oh, my God, look at them. They're celebrating them. Well, shit, my life sucks. Why not me? You know, and it's the power suggestion. suggests, it becomes this domino effect. So every time somebody associated with the group kills himself, um, I, I mean, we put every elephant in the room, like, boom, we put it out there. And I'll say, all right, everybody look here. The room. Room is crying. And I'll say, all right, your person who committed suicide, whatever afterlife you believe in, you think right now they're up there in the afterlife looking down on you all, crying hysterically, saying, yes, mm-hmm. celebrating their decision? Or are they looking down at you right now going, no, fuck, what did I do? I didn't mean to do that. No. And you guys have the ability to see the carnage you would left, have left behind mm. right now. And when you put it to them that stark, they get more responsible with their decision. And that's what mm-hmm. we're trying to, to really give to the whole world, man. It's, I mean, shit, the world is not an easy place, no doubt, but it certainly is when you have a team behind you. Um, but you got to hang on, man. You can't, for anything, you got to make that decision of life and death and don't be selfish. Don't yeah. put that shit on us. Don't give us all that pain and heartache. That is not yeah. fair to us. Yeah. You know what's funny, Jay, is, is I, I feel like from when I've talked to you, your poster man could end up being Alden Smith. And and I say yeah. that because yeah. it, he he will be a quantifiable 
entity for you to say this guy came to us broken. He he had the world by the tail. He had 19 and a half sacks his second year with the 49ers. Just was, you know, constantly in trouble, constantly suspended, ended up with another chance with the Raiders, blew that. And now, you know, years later, he's coming back with the Dallas Cowboys. He's been a part of this program, and he's going to go back onto the field and show the world what he has learned and how he's improved himself as a person and then go play for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I, I can't imagine how excited you are to, to see him unleashed on the NFL again. Yeah, I mean, a guy like Alden, not only that, he's walking back in literally – we talk about we, we walk this walk together. He's walking this walk with an army behind him on that field on Sunday night. And, you know, Alden, you know, he came in. He's been out of the league for four years. Somebody brought him uh, through uh, AA, brought him in to meet us in studio one day. And we started talking about MVP. And I started telling him where he, he has more value and you could probably help out other people. And um, so he started coming to MVP. And he's, you know, he was probably about two months. And he kept being sober. And then... One day uh, we started talking about, you know, I said, why, you know, so why do you think you're not in the league? And he kind of changed his tune after being with the vets of, well, it's my fault. I'm the, I'm the reason we're not in the league. Cause usually guys, especially guys with addiction issues, blame everybody else. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden he's like, it's, it's me. I'm the reason why I was like, really? He goes, yeah, they don't owe me another shot right then and there. I said, you want another shot? And he's like, it's been four years. I said, dude, I think I can get you another shot. Like you keep working with these guys, with these vets, let them work with you. You work with them. You keep opening up and being more vulnerable. I think we could do this. And then there was one night, first night he opened up, man, he opened up this whole crew and he was like, listen, I've never felt worthy of being loved before mm-hmm. until now. Yeah. So all the love you guys are showing me, I never thought I was worth it. Yeah. Now I'm worth it. And Joe, we trained this cat every day. He played about 255. We trained him up and got him to 287 of holy shit well i just had shoulder surgery wednesday because his ass um <laughs> it, he is a freaking monster and but the but the biggest thing was you know every week he's coming on with these guys telling them the commissioner came on to an mvp session and our vets start telling the commissioner mr commissioner he's worth it he's worth it he's going to be of service to so many other people like you mm-hmm. said joe who could tell others the blueprint to get back and not just in the league, but to get go from rock bottom out, we have him reading to kids. He's checking up on our vets constantly. He's helping them with their own sobriety. That's what you have to do. You have to be of service to other people. And, you know, there's a lot of hurt there and a lot of damage. But, man, I am so freaking proud when, when they – and it was – I linked him up with Mike McCarthy at our gym. So McCarthy flew out because his daughter comes to our gym. McCarthy didn't have a job. I hooked those two guys up just to, you know, meet each other. And it was like – you would have thought Alden grew up an Irish kid in Pittsburgh. How much those two guys, you know, linked up. Oh, that's great. And and then when Mike um, got the job, first call, he's like, hey, man, I want Alden. I want Alden. And Alden's like, I want to go with Mike. I want to go with Mike. We finally get the contract done. Alden calls me up and says, is, is Sammy on, my son? I said, like, yeah. He goes, I want to come over and sign this at your house because I want him to see what his father did. Uh. That's that's pretty special. Ah, wow, and, man. Um, You're going to make me cry? You're going to make me cry, Jay Glazer? And we say, thank God. That's a wrap. And he says, Jay, you don't understand what you've done. I said, yeah. no, I'm pretty unique story. He goes, no, no, no. I didn't, he said, I, what I didn't tell you is that a year and a half ago, I was sleeping under a car because that's what I felt my value was. I yeah. had a house, but I didn't feel worthy of sleeping in the house. Yeah. And you guys have made me feel worthy again. I yeah, mean, well, oh my God. You, you, wow. you, you touch wow. upon, um, you touch upon something that I think is, is a universal, you know, uh, ailment, I guess, when you really, really boil it down and talking about self-love and self-worth, it doesn't matter what lo- walk of life that you come from, you know, where your status is. If you don't think that you are worthy or if you don't love yourself, it's hard. It's not easy to, it's not easy to find that confidence. You know, I mean, look, I, I I grew up as, as lucky as you can get of two fucking celebrity parents. Right. But I really struggled with sort of self-love and self-worth. And I had to do a lot of work on myself to discover that. Now I had an, I had an interest to divide a bad divorce and there was shit that are the reasons for it. Right. But 
you know, I had to go through a lot of therapy and, and the specific place that I went to, you know, to really understand my worth. And it changed my, it changed the game for me just on a personal level, just the way I walked, just walked a little taller, felt myself a little bit more. I was unafraid, you know, and it boils down to that. It really, really does. When you can love yourself, you know, things, things happen. Well, I like to talk also, we, I, we tell all our guys, you know, love yourself up, but also, man, use your scars proudly. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to say I'm fucked up, but I'm good with my fucked upness. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. and, and, uh, you know, you know, again, we're different. Your scars make you different. Your scars don't make you damage. Your scars are what makes you different than everybody else. And different is good. Different is what will lead to your success. So it's exactly right. There's so many levels that we all need to learn in this country of that. It's, First of all, that's okay to love ourselves up, but that we need to love ourselves up. Like mm. you give yourself permission. Anybody listening to this, give yourself permission to love yourself up. Mm-hmm. And and that to me, Jay, is why social media can be so dangerous. You touched yep. on Instagram, but you're seeing a fake portrayal of of these you know these pictures that are all touched up these lives that are all come off perfect everybody's got shit they're dealing with or twitter or the echo chamber of just pounding people down that that's that's why you know it, it would be probably i don't even know if it's part of your program but man if i'm talking to those guys it would be stay the hell off social media for yeah. a while and just get yourself centered you know well we just we just talked to them when you put the dangers out there then at least they see it and they notice it and they're like okay I could deal with it a little bit better. And uh, yeah, again, like, listen, Instagram, we we all feel so freaking left out of things when we see somebody else's Instagram post that is touched up, which by the way, is a fraction of a second of a 24-hour day. Think about that. And suddenly you think your life sucks because of that one fraction of a second that has been touched up and filtered in a 24-hour day period. Somehow, some way, we've got our... Yeah, but, gotta, but, but, but okay, uh, but where does that, around that? But, but where does that come from? Right? It doesn't come from the person who's touching the picture up. That's no, no, their, it comes from us. Yeah, no, that's their no, problem, no. right? It's like yeah. exactly what you were saying. That that's their fucking issue. Mm-hmm. It, again, if you have that self-love, then that doesn't really that doesn't penetrate the armor too much. It's like, oh well, that's that person's issue. This is not gonna make me feel any less about myself. No, I know but, who but I, I am. But even, but even as a kid, that fear of being left out, right? That's that's kind of that comes from childhood. So mm-hmm. even as you know, you can have the most success in the world. Sometimes we see it, we're still like, "Oh, how did I miss that? Oh, damn, how did mm-hmm. I get that?" It's just, it, you know, it's just you know how our brains work. But mm-hmm. again, once we put it out there, we're trying to. If you show it to them, like I said, we put every elephant in the room. Then they could recognize and go, "Oh yeah, no, no, that's their fault. That shit's not real. That's just a fraction of a second a day. No, no, no. I've done other stuff here. I've loved myself up this day." Uh, okay, so we're winding down. This will air on Thursday, the day of the first game. You're Jay Glazer. I am. Break, break something <laughs> on daddy issues that we can direct people to the podcast to say only on daddy issues will you hear something broken by Jay Glazer about the season, about the game tonight, about whatever. Go. Now, well, since, go. You, since you Let's are paying me... I think you're paying me a quarter of a million dollars to do this show. So <laughs> yeah. no problem. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what you're getting paid, but I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, half yeah. What can I break on the <laughs> game tonight? Oh shit. Joe, well, we there's got, nothing to break, got, man. This is, this is a boring. Well, here's the thing. I know at least with the chiefs, um, this isn't breaking news, but they're boring, but it kind of, the, kind of the COVID kind of helped them uh, a little bit because normally it's so hard to repeat as a world champion, because during the, you know, after you win something, you finish up and man, you go around and you do this award show and that award show. And everybody starts thinking, I'm the reason we won. I'm the reason. And all of a sudden they come back and that's a, that's a team killer. Well, the chiefs didn't have that. They didn't have all award season. They didn't have all these shows and they didn't have, you know, restaurant openings now from every player and mm-hmm. book deals and this and that and that. So it's like Andy reads on the other day. I didn't even bring up the two people. Didn't even, haven't even brought up repeating at all. Like hasn't even come up because we've just, you know, it's just been a different world. It's, it's so it almost dis- distracted them from mm. talking about repeating, which he said, I, I think it helped us. What about, so I'm going to say, does, I'm going to say on, this, us- Oliver, Jay Glazer says COVID is good. <laughs> is that fair? <laughs> what about, I already, got, I already got killed. I already got killed for one COVID story. That's all season. I'm out of that. What about okay. Brady's, Brady's numbers after, thir- uh, after Thursday's game? 
against no, the I don't want to go against. I don't want to go against his numbers about the Saints, but I think overall this year, I think a lot of yeah. the best numbers he's had in ten years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he. Um, he I, I, and, and it wasn't just Bruce that was talking about how lively Tom's arm was. Mm-hmm. And shoot, there was I think I forget the quarterback, but Bruce is like I've only been around one quarterback with a better arm than Tom the way he is now. I was like, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody thinks, well, he can't get the deep ball down. Man, that's not what we are seeing there. <clears throat> Ooh, I so guess, I, here's, here's a good question that you, you don't have to answer, but you know, all this shit that was going on with uh, all the controversy with Drew Brees, does he take a knee? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 mean, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because I, I haven't talked. I, I got to be honest with you. I've been trying not to um, go so much because I know what my feelings and thoughts are, but then, mm-hmm. if, you know, you're friends with a thousand people in this league and then yeah. you're hearing it from them. It kind of, man, there's so much, I, some teams are going to do it together. Some teams, are gonna, I think regardless, right. If you got the biggest thing they need right now is just respect. If someone yep. stands, so if someone yep. stands, it doesn't mean they're against black lives matters. Yeah. If someone kneels, it doesn't mean they're against the military yeah. and the flag. Right. It, it, it does, but I think people are just looking at it because there's so much hate right now that that's yeah. it. This is what it means. Dude, Absolutely not. Couldn't agree and, more. That's the fucking you know, problem and, right now. Everyone's and, angry. And I, there's so much anger. And I, that's, that's the problem. So just they get a reminder. Hey, I still love this cat. You know, the great thing about a locker room, I mean, if the world was like a locker room, we'd be all right. The NFL locker room is the only place you'll have some big, fat, white, racist lineman being the best man of the young, thug, black guy's wedding. You know, and it's just they care about one color in there. That's silver. That's the ring. That's all they care about. And mm-hmm. you fight your problems out in about two seconds. You could joke about everything, and nobody gets all pissed off about it. You're in there trying to solve the world's problems together, but it's together, together. <laughs> you know, and and um, that's where a locker room. Man, I wish the rest of the world was like that. Yeah, that's a great way to end, man. That's a great way to end. I know you gotta you gotta run. Um, Oliver likes to ask one question at the end, and then we'll let you go. Go ahead, Ollie. Yeah, so we ask this to everyone. You take your take your dad, right? Um, you have genetics involved. You got learned behavior. What is one? There's a two parter. What is one thing that you have taken from your father that you are proud of to carry through? And then, what is the one thing that you have genetically sort of inherited from him that you wish you did not have? Okay, that's easy. One, I, uh, the work ethic from my father. Again, I worked the world, my dreams would come true. The thing that I inherited from my dad that I wish I didn't was the fact that I'm five foot seven. <laughs> <laughs> You've been compensating for that so, for hey, decades. So, hey, fuck you, dad. Thanks. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I'm a lot taller than you, Joe, than when your ass is laying on the floor. So, that's right. Exactly. That's right. You would knock my ass out. I know that. Hey, just tell Oliver who you were writing for back in uh, when in that Giants locker room. What what paper was that? The Giants Extra Magazine, run by and then Chuck Christine and Bobby Duhon. And then I was the New York Post for nine grand a year. Oh, the, the youngest, New York Post. The youngest columnist at the New York Post. They're paying me nine grand a year because the mm. editor is like. The editor, Greg Gallo, he's like the editor from Spider-Man. He's like, you're a snot-nosed punk. Where are you going to get something else? This is what we're giving you. So I was making nine grand a year from them and $450 a year from New York One TV for, man, that went on until 1999. So almost 10 years. That's the most wow. I made. It was 9400 bucks a year. So every day, every day, Strahan had to drive me back into New York City because I couldn't afford subway and bus fare both ways. So I owe him like... $26,000 in liquid tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're sitting, now you're sitting in front of a wine rack. Well done. Look at that. Uh, hey, exactly. people, people want to know if I have a drinking problem. I don't, I'm good at it. Yeah. Totally yeah. Different. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right, man. Be well. Uh, Thanks for joining love us. You guys. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Appreciate love it, man. Man. See you. Have Thanks. a great year. Love you, Joe. Love you, buddy. All right. See, All right. You guys. See you, buddy. Later, man. Bye. Hi, Oliver. <clears throat> Hi, Joe. How are you? I can't see you. I haven't seen you this entire time. It's it's uh, unnerving to not see my co-host. Oh, really? 
Wow, yeah. the whole time I never started my video. That sucks. I can't wait to hear about your birthday because I've not. You you treat your birthday. I feel like like my wife treats her birthday like it's just a national holiday, and that's your day to be pampered. <laughs> so what did you do on Monday that I, it, made your it, it birthday? Couldn't be great? more opposite. It's it's opposite. I, I honestly don't really care much about my birthday, but I will say that this was one of my favorite birthdays that I've ever had in my life. It was incredible. We went camping, you know, I bought my new trailer and it was our first voyage, our maiden voyage. And, uh, the kids and Kurt and Boston and some friends camped on the river, you know, ate, cooked, drank. It was just, it was, it was, it was amazing. I got good presents. My wife just did it up. She cares about me. She loves me, which is always great, you know? And then I, we fucking get home and it's September 8th, September 9th now, but it was September 8th and it snowed about a foot. Wow. It is 96 degrees where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh 90 degrees. It was 90 degrees um, on my birthday. And then on the 8th, it snowed a foot. <laughs> That's got to be a sign for something. I don't know what it is, but that's got to be something. And today, I, there's locusts coming. Oh, good. So yeah. I think uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse show up, and then we're all dead. It's all happening. Um, uh, what I was going to say was my wife, when we were all hanging out in Aspen, uh, came away from that experience, and it was, and we were all, we had all been tested, so it was all good. Don't worry about that part. It was Oliver, his wife, Aaron, all the kids. Uh, Kate was there for a minute, Kurt Goldie, you know, these are powerful forces in nature. And we leave that party that night or that get together. And Michelle who loves Aaron, like a sister goes, you know what? Aaron just gets stuff done. Like they, they all kind of take their cue from your wife. Mm -hmm. Like she kind of runs it. And so yeah. I'm imagining that for your birthday, she is the type that gets it done. In oh a good way. yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the, the, the trailer itself looks amazing because she's so specific. She's so detailed. I wake up in the morning. She's made coffee. I have all my presents that have been laid out. You know, she organized the, the campsites. She, already, she got one for Kurt, and he didn't even know it, you know. And, and I'm like, oh, no, she already got you one like two months ago. You know, she, she, gets, she does get shit done. That's, that is her. That is her deal. Without a doubt. So, so Kurt Russell needed a campsite. He couldn't like hack his way into a clearing somehow by being Kurt Russell <laughs> and set up shop there. No, it's funny. I'm just teaching him the internet. So you know, we're we're oh advancing. We're advancing. You know, we're, we're so into this camping thing. Um, and I got him all of the uh, the apps. You know, Rec.gov, Dirt. Um, there's all these different sort of camping apps. And I signed him up and now we're searching for sites. And now our next phase is for me to teach him how to actually purchase it. You know what I mean? And go through that yeah. process. So, you know, we're working, we're working hard over here. I feel like Kurt would not be a good credit card guy. Oh, like, I, God. Think he, well, I feel like he's cash. Like he, oh, I got cash oh, 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 and yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. In fact, I think this is the first time that he's used um, a credit card for an online situation, you know, cause he doesn't <laughs> want anyone to steal his credit card, which is smart. I mean, I guess I, I I've gotten lucky, but this is the first time I pa. you got to do it. You got to do it. I mean, this is how we book sites. Like you can't, you can't wire them money. I mean, you can't have stagecoach <laughs> Western union, like, Right. Going out of Western Union, see? I'm going to wire you 20 grand. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, but um, it was fun, man. Great, great day. Really, really so great day. I, I actually took the step to go online and look for Jordans for you <laughs> oh. uh, for your birthday. And Didn't work the out. ones <laughs> that you sent me, the ones that you sent me, I went and I made a bid. For a like bid. one pair was a bid. It was on like eBay. So no, you, you had to go get, on Goat or Stock X. <laughs> uh huh. Well, one of them I put in for it was the asking price was a thousand. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll I'll do that. I'll really? do that for Oliver. That's fine. I'll I'll pay a thousand dollars. And then <laughs> then I put the bid in, and they're like, nope. Did I say a thousand? I meant two. It went to two thousand dollars. 
for that what pair of shoes. What shoes were these? I don't know. Those ugly, like, pink and red things you sent me that I can't believe you want. Oh, oh, oh. The, the strange loves, those are beautiful. By the way, Sim Sim got me a beautiful, beautiful it's, it's pair odd. of sneakers. And, then, and you know, then the fact that you're you have like hooves, you have like baby feet. What size are your feet? Nine. Nine? <laughs> Who has size nine? You're the only person I know under ten. How do, it's like you have little like hoofs. I know. You know what? Like I, I, uh, there's a tiny insecurity about telling people my foot size because I think they immediately associate it with my dick, obviously, but my dick is pretty good. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't have the correlation, you know? So, but I still have an insecurity about having nine, a nine foot. There's some shoes I've eight and a half, by the way, depending on <laughs> <laughs> I just you should not let's cut that out. If I if I'm if I'm you, I want one thing cut out of this podcast, it would be that. By the way, uh I, I'm headed to New Orleans on Saturday for game one. I've got Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, at you. the Saints, Drew Brees. I got my hair all cut and colored for the start look, of the season. Oh, you did, dude. It's got that blonde vibe again. It's uh, so I've gone from coloring like brown, I'm, I'm dipping into the blonde tones so that, because my hair is gray blonde when I just <laughs> let it go. So I'm like, let's just celebrate the blonde part and take out yeah. the gray. I like it. I think you look good. I think you're like, look pretty sharp. Your face looks thin. I think you're ready to go, dude. You are ready to go. Okay. Are you excited for the game? Are you, I mean, are you, I know you're not I can't wait. To, to travel and all that shit, but like the game itself you know what? I'm. I can't wait for the game, but I'm really anxious to see what it feels like to do a real NFL game in an empty stadium. Yeah, crazy. Because we get there sometimes four hours before the game, and it's empty. And then mm-hmm. you know, a few players will go out, and we'll go down on the field, and we'll talk to you know whomever. We'll talk to mm-hmm. quarterbacks. We'll talk to whatever, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaches and get like the last minute updates and so they're out there you know guys are playing catch and guys are but the game is gonna is gonna be played this this is probably on our schedule as it stands right now this is our best scheduled game of the year and there will be nobody in the seats i feel like even real sports fans are not totally aware that the nfl season starts this week it's like this right real because there's been no preseason and now this is the first time and the only time Tom Brady will make a debut for a team other than the Patriots. Jesus. It's huge. At a divisional rival and you want to go, hey, uh wake the kids, phone the neighbors, like Letterman used to say, there's a big game on on Sunday in the afternoon. That's right. It's huge. And by the way, you should use that. Wake the kids, phone the neighbors. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Everybody, wake the kids, uh, phone Phone the neighbors. neighbors. There's a big game going on. Remember, there is no wagering. Yeah. Uh, No, but but no, you're you're right. You're right. It's a a great point, Joe, because it just doesn't feel like it's got that buildup, that lead up. I think you're right. I think there are a lot of football fans who probably don't even realize that Thursday is the beginning of the season and you're not going to get a bigger, higher profile game than game one. I mean, that's massive. So here's what we have to hope as a network Thursday night, which is tonight as this airs, it's Houston and Kansas city. So you Mm -hmm. got the world champs against Houston, two dynamic teams, two great quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. and you have to, hope that people find their way to it and go, oh man, th- this is on. And then now Sunday comes and Sunday you've got all the early games and that's great, but ours is late on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where you have to hope that there's like a gradual crescendo to the biggest crowd of the weekend. And that's you know, our ratings on Sunday afternoons are always the highest uh, yeah. on any network. And we have to hope that people go, oh, my God, it's Tom Brady, six-time champion, played nine Super Bowls. Yeah. Taking on Drew Brees, who maybe this might be it for Brees. He's yeah. already signed with NBC. Yeah. So uh, this Crazy. is as good as it gets. But here's what I, here's one thing, as I just said, here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, what I've never <laughs> understood about the Today Show is when they yeah. go to break, 
They go. And uh, coming up next, it'll be Martha Stewart with a cooking segment. You're going to knock your socks off. But first, this is today on NBC. I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that means. But first. Yeah. But first, but this first is today. On NBC. I don't on, know. That's always yeah. bugged me. I know. I know. It's gimmicky. You know? But yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But first, today on NBC, meaning like, I guess we got to go over today first before we get into the other stuff. I, it's <laughs> nonsensical. And then, yeah. you know, I, I love uh, Dylan. I don't know her last name on there who does the weather sometimes too when Al's sleeping or whatever. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Al says, here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. And then Dylan says, now she's got to have a catchphrase. So her, yeah. her catchphrase is, and here's what's happening outside your window. Uh, and then they then they go to the local <laughs> weather and, they, and you know it's yeah. hey and it's never clean yeah, they come yeah. up upcut and then they send it back yeah. and it's awkward yeah. it's just that should be done better that pisses me off so yeah. much no i know we got to have those gimmicks i mean i like that one better i think outside of your window right I, I, it, it brings it a little it makes it a little more personal because then I can look outside of my window and and, and, and you've relate. got snow and I've got steam coming off the driveway as I look outside my window right now. Oh my god. I know. It's been insane. Well California's burning up too. It's hot as shit right now. Yeah. But you're um, can in a little I come pocket to one of, of these paradise. games ever? You know, I mean, or is that impossible? Like if I was like, I want to come to an empty stadium, I mean, do I have to go through all the protocols? You know, I don't know. I, I let me report back after week one yeah. and see how it is because I we we've had presidents in the in the broadcast booth. I've interviewed George W. Bush. I, I interviewed his father. I've interviewed Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like real big time mm-hmm. targets, which is mm-hmm. a terrible word to say. But mm-hmm. they go, hey, um, you know, the day of the game. There's going to be nobody allowed in the booth. Secret Service will be there. It'll be you and, you know, Tim McCarver and mm-hmm. one person and one cameraman. And that's it. When the mm-hmm. president comes, there will have been nobody else in the booth all day. And then you mm-hmm. show up the day of the game and it's like you got an electrician's in there and the makeup person's <laughs> in there. You know, it's like they, they lay out this plan and then yeah. it just goes up in smoke and yeah. nobody cares. And it's like, oh, and, uh, you know, here's... Uh, Somebody with a suitcase that's ticking. I mean, it's they don't right. they don't follow through. I'm like, oh, are we protecting these people? Or so I'm thinking uh, that the 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 COVID protocol sounds mm-hmm. robust and intense right now. Right. But when we get there, somebody like, oh hey, how you doing? Oh hey, good. Okay, they're kicking uh, off. Let's do the game. Right, 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 right. That 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 seems to happen. I think that's that's e- even on a smaller level with families, with friends. It starts off. It started off like you know we need to have meetings on how we're going to do this, how we're going to socially distance, how we're going to do that, which is all good. But then by week two, you know, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, well, what the fuck's happening right now? How come everyone is sort of together and? hanging out, right. but you've been to a restaurant here and, you know, you went to Walmart over here and, you know, I, it's, yeah, it's tough, man. I, I don't know. I, Cause we all want to live normal. We all want to get back to some normalcy, you know, and, and, uh, it's, 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 uh, I'm craving it. I, 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 I can't fucking wait. You know, I cannot wait till there's a vaccine or this just dissipates to the point where we can all, have the sixties again and just make love to each other. Like I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'll make love to you. Okay. I can't wait. Well then I'm hoping for the stay at home order to come back into place. Are you, <laughs> has, has your mom, has Goldie Hawn ever been in a Walmart? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, my mom is a, my mom's badass. My mom. Yes, I she say might. that because I don't think my mom has been. Oh yeah, no. I mean, so, my mom okay. is Goldie Hawn, but she's she's like as I mean, she just cruises into course, you know. Especially, you know, her 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 success story is really amazing. You know, she's been through a ton. Um, but even now, hell yeah, my mom still Will loves. You put it in a good word for the uh, podcast. Maybe we could get her on sometime. Oh yeah, she's coming on. She'll do it. Okay. Just I'm like my sister to. Julie and I are going on sibling revelry. When's that yeah. happen? Whenever you want, Joe. 
you know, you're just busy. <laughs> Will it ever and, air? Will it ever air? No, but it doesn't matter. You know, it'll still. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do the lights and the, turn the mics on. We'll, and they won't be. Yeah, we'll do the whole recording thing. Devices. Okay. We'll do yeah, the whole I thing. want to walk out of there feeling better about myself. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't come to sibling revelry then. Cause we'll how'd, be you like, uh, how'd you like Jay Glazer? Good. Oh God. Yeah. He's awesome. My God. What a cool inspirational guy. You know, I mean, just open and I love what he's doing. I mean, aside from all the football and aside from his popularity and his bravado, you know, that guy's softy, you know, that guy cares. He is. It's, cool. it's funny you say that because it's, I think there's certain people that travel a roundabout weird path to get to a certain place where what got them there and what they've been focused on really isn't what they do going forward. It's not even their purpose. Their purpose yeah. is to help other people. So he's been an info guy, but be, by being an info guy, he's met everybody and now he can bring people in from and and we didn't even get into this. I think that thing was sparked by Fox studio show going on the road to different military bases over the years. He right. saw that he's with NFL people. He's like, look, there's some depression when these folks get out of the business that they're in. And why don't we put them together? So, you know, all of this has led to him helping people. And, and in essence, I think in some cases, keeping people on the earth. Oh, yeah. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, honestly, it's incredible. And it also makes me feel completely inadequate. I need to do more. I need to do I need to do something. I, I you know, I I give money, you know, I'm charitable, but I need to give my time more. You know, I need to it's it's I, I understand what he means, how good it feels. But it also makes me feel like I just have dropped the ball when it comes to well, service. You know, maybe do something and get arrested again. And then you might have to do community service. So it'll be, <laughs> it'll be court ordered. And then, you know, you can help. We should start a foundation for, for kids like daddy issues foundation to like help kids who don't have dads, you know? Oh, I would love that. Me too, by the way, honestly, like that is something, even since I was a little, since I was a kid, you know, I've always wanted to be a dad. I mean, since I was in my early 20s, I've wanted to be a father. And then when I do think about service and what I can do to give back and the arena that I want to get into, it always revolves around being a father, not just to my children, but potentially to other kids who aren't as lucky. You know, I don't know what that means. I've looked into the big brother programs and, and uh, the Boys and Girls Club, blah, blah, blah. I've looked into things. I've yet to pull a trigger but that's something that I would definitely love to sort of be yeah. a part of, you know, maybe daddy yeah. issues has its own chapter. We have, maybe we have that's why we started this podcast. Maybe yes, that's the reason this isn't a about higher the purpose. Money. It's not about the money or the fame. This is about helping people. This is no, this is actually dragging my fame down. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. You are way less popular. Yeah, and you, I mean, I hope to God you come back firing on all cylinders with this <laughs> CBS show because I, if I, you don't... I, yeah, shit, man, I don't know. There's rumors, there's rumors we might shoot start shooting in November. I don't know, we'll see. Would we'll you have see. to go back to L.A. and leave yeah. your Hamlet? Yeah, no, I'm leaving the Hamlet uh, no, uh, before Halloween. Kids want to do Halloween in L.A., even though L.A. literally just today announced that Halloween is shut down. So, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have him like get arrested. Wait, we arrested a pirate and, uh, <laughs> what, what is, what is Rio want to go as? Oh like, man. My little nowadays. pony. We have a pirate and a, my little pony, uh, in the back of the, uh, police car, squad car. We're bringing them in. They're Hudson kids. <laughs> yep. They've been ringing doorbells for the last 28 minutes asking for this candy. This is not socially correct. This is fucking Going crazy. Uh, <laughs> I know. But, uh, uh, well, good. Uh, if, do you get a uh, last question and then we'll shut up? Do you get into you, I, I, why am I even asking you this? I know the answer. I was going to ask you, do you get into doing the Halloween costume thing? But I've seen you go, oh, 
all out at your sister's oh. Halloween party, like when you were the weight, the old school weightlifter yeah. with the bald cap and the mustache. Yeah. And yeah, Jesus. it's my favorite holiday. I love it so much. I mean, the yeah. party alone is so fun. And just, you know, being able to dress up and go crazy. How's your wife? How are your children's? Everybody's good. Same they're shit. ready to they're ready to launch my ass out of here twice a week. So I go to New Orleans this week and then Cleveland next week. Are you and, excited? Uh, I mean, are you excited to get away from your yes. family? Be honest. I mean, honestly. No. I, I know it makes me sick to my stomach. I because You're my not, boys are old enough to miss me now, but they don't uh, get it. So uh, 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 yeah. So, and they've had done nothing but FaceTime with me. And it's going to be like, where did he go? Because I'm going yeah. so much. Um, yeah. yeah. It makes it makes me sick. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I know. I, but, you know, I'm not complaining about it. I got to no, do something. They're not paying me course. to be a nice guy. No, I know. You know. I know. I mean, that there's a break. There's a nice break. You, you. Here's the thing. I, I, I've been through it. I get it, right? And you have as well. But I think there's a little, there's, there's hurt and guilt a little bit. And then you get on the airplane and that kind of melts away. And now you're alone and you've got your own time. You've got your own space. Of course, you're going to miss your family, but it's nice. There's an, it's nice to just sort of settle into yourself for, for at least yeah. two days. Right. You know? Well, I'm excited to sleep in the morning without the monitor right. at 645 with them talking to each other, which is, is the cutest Is Michelle ever, like, does Michelle hate you at all? Or? Oh, no. No, no, no. She gets it. That's been the best thing about, well, that's that's not been the best thing. That's been like number 48 on the list. But marrying somebody in this business that gets it, mm-hmm. she doesn't fight that at all. I think if she fights anything, it's like when I'm home and I go, oh, I think I'm going to go play golf on Thursday and then leave mm-hmm. Saturday and then leave the next Wednesday. Then it mm-hmm. becomes a bit of an issue and rightly so, but I, I'd need a getaway too. Yeah. Is she going back to work? Yeah, right now, the reason why this whole technological mess happened is she's in our basement interviewing people for ESPN. So she interviewed Favre yesterday, Peyton Manning today, a bunch of other people uh, trying to crank out features for Monday Night Football. So, yeah, she's working. Nice. Good. Good for you guys. Is she showing off for new assets? Uh, yeah, I, that's something I pay attention to every time. Yeah. Um, I was like, whoa, 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 relax. All right. You know, you're talking about the Botox, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say since we're both back to work this week, I'm not the only one that got their hair colored. Yeah. All right. It's um, good to see your face. Right. Happy birthday, your 44-year-old. Don't get too excited when your uh, fake Nikes show up. Oh, my God. You probably got they fake may be, They may be misspelled. It's spelled <laughs> N-E-K-I, right? <laughs> Necky. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with the uh, good luck with the, the eBay and the bidding. Uh, I, I could have shown yeah, you a much thanks. easier way to go about this. But, hey, thanks for the thought. I love you. Okay, love you. Are you going to watch the game on Sunday and text me things to say? Of course I am. Okay, of good. course I am. At some good. point, you got to say, uh, and say that guy's got dad, some daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Tom Brady back in Tampa. I don't know. He feels like he's got a few daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that report, courtesy of Jay Glazer, who appeared this week on daddy issues. Can I get away with it that way? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Do you know how fast I would be fired for that? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll work hey, it Hey, Joe, in. that was a great little f- promo that would have cost you $2 million uh, that you just got for free. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, uh, all right. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs>